Well, I like history, and I like folk music, so I'm thinking this might be an interesting podcast yeah. episode. We're going to talk about, on this episode of Natural Pat... Uh, Natural Health Dialogue with naturopathic Dr. Randy Lee. We're talking about historical and folk methods and remedies for sleep. So what are we talking about, Randy? Yeah, um, this is the article that was written by Jolene, uh, Dr. Jolene Griffiths, naturopathic Dr. Jolene Griffiths. And um, uh, it, it's uh, Jolene is into history very much. She does mm-hmm. Ancestry.com a lot for many of us that are uh, there in the shop and uh, her parents have been doing that for 40 years. Uh, mm. uh, anyway, she's interested in the, so looking back into history at some of the older stuff. And uh, and that's what we're going to share with you today is some of the things that come out of history that are um, some of them still used today and mm-hmm. some of them kind of gone by the wayside, but they're fun to look at anyway. We'll have some interesting comments right toward the end about things that people have used historically uh, to use as sleep aids. We've mm-hmm. talked about the herbs. We've talked about a, a number of other things during the month, but this will be a little bit different from that. I did want to mention one thing uh, that uh, I think Shirley talked uh, touched on last week and that we had alluded to a, a better answer that I could have given you on the very first one when we're talking about why do we need to study the sleep at all anyway. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to clear that up. Uh, When we're awake, our conscious mind determines the things that we do. You decide if you want to raise your left arm or take a step, or you decide if you're going to eat something, you make those decisions for yourself. And so you're controlling uh, to a very large extent what your body does. Mm -hmm. When you're asleep, you're unconscious, and your subconscious takes over, and it does all of those cleansing effects. I used to wonder, why did God make us so that we needed to sleep anyway? Mm -hmm. And the reason for the sleep is to allow the body time to control itself, to do those cleansing functions that keep us healthy. Mm. Um, At different times of the night, different things happen in your body where the body releases the acids that are built up in the body, uh, the kidneys uh, flushed, the uh, um, the circulatory system can can begin to move things without having additives added to it all the time. So it's not just the mind that's cleansing in the dreams, it's the whole body. The whole body cleanses while we're sleeping, and that's the reason several of these podcasts that we've talked about, I noticed that Kim uh, addressed it and Shirley addressed it, the fact that if you don't sleep, you become toxic because mm. those cleansing activities need the body to be able to do their own cleansing while you're uh, while you're asleep, and if you're not sleeping, then they don't do those cleansing activities. And if you don't sleep for many nights in a row, your body becomes very very toxic, and in fact, you will get sick because of, mm. of the toxicity mm-hmm. in the body. Plus depressed immune system. Plus the depressed immune system. That's exactly right. Mm. So sleep is extremely important, and we probably didn't stress that the, uh, enough the very first week that we were doing this on sleep. As for, to, for, for today, this one's a, a whole lot more fun because mm-hmm. it looks at some of the historical things. Okay. Um, Jolene has divided it, and if, if you want all the deals, I'm going to hit the highlights because we can't do it all in, in, in 10 minutes' time. Right. But um, Jolene has uh, divided this, her podcast, her, her, excuse me, her blog, which is also available on the website mm-hmm. right along with these, into three categories here. The first one is called The Bed Chamber. How, how do you sleep? 
you know, one third of your life is spent sleeping. Do you want to sleep by yourself? You want to share a bed with a mate or a partner? Uh, uh, what effect does that have? Is there any problem with, uh, with two people sleeping in the same bed? Obviously, people have been doing that for years and years, but there mm -hmm. are a number of people, particularly as the age, uh, that would prefer to have uh, twin beds in their, mm -hmm. in their room, sleep in the same room together, but not in the same bed. Maybe one's a snore, one rolls around a lot. Um, in her uh, part of the article called The Bed Chamber, she addresses some of those, and she basically says that if both people are healthy, um, then probably sleeping together is not a problem, provided that the bed is comfortable and that both people can actually sleep and that uh, there is enough room in the sleep uh, to take care of all of the carbon monoxide, uh, carbon dioxide that you breathe out mm. uh, all night long. Mm -hmm. If two people are sleeping uh, in the room and you're putting out uh, so many liters of carbon dioxide every night, uh, you don't want to rebreathe all that carbon dioxide. Right. That becomes toxic. And so uh, uh, her act... Her uh, research says that uh, a couple's bedroom should contain airspace of about 2,400 cubic feet. That mm -hmm. means if you've got two people sleeping in a little 10 by 10 bedroom, you're not going to be healthy. Really? Whether you're on two beds or one bed. Isn't that like most of us? Most of us sleep in bedrooms that are probably too small. We adjust for those by having an air conditioning system that recirculates uh, the air, yes. a fan that blows out the air. Uh, when we were kids and we didn't have air conditioning, uh, you'd open a window at night to let the air circulate. And there was always a theory about, is it better to sleep with a window open or window closed? The answer is it's better to sleep in a room where the carbon dioxide can get out and mm -hmm. oxygen can get in mm -hmm. regardless of the size of the room. Gotcha. I did a little mathematics and said if you need 2,400 cubic feet, that comes out to a room that's about, the, if, the, if you consider an eight-foot ceiling height, a room of about 15 by 20. And I know lots of people that don't have bedrooms that tall. Absolutely. But air conditioning is taking care of most of that yeah. for us. If you, have a good if you have a return in your room. If you right? have a return in your room so that the air can circulate, then you can get by with that. She also talks about very old and very young people shouldn't occupy the same uh, sleeping space. So the old thing of where the kid would go over and want to spend the night with grandma, mm. uh, both of them in the room. The problem with that is, again, uh, air exchange rates. Yeah. Uh, they have br different breathing rates. An older person usually breathes about 12 to 20 breaths per minute, while uh, a child that's uh, uh, a year old uh, breathes about 30 to 60 breaths a minute. And so uh, you, uh, uh, that breathing rate uh, will also be different, and, and therefore that becomes a, uh, an, an issue. Hmm. In the bread chamber area, she also, bread chamber area, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, she also talked about excessive clothing at night. Uh, how much clothing should you have on? Uh, that's up to you. But she says fires in the bedroom will affect it. Uh, except in the case of sickness will also affect it. And mm. um, also the fact that your body perspires, how much heat there is in the room causes you to perspire more. Uh, anything that, in, that uh, involves uh, sleeping poorly or not sleeping well enough, sleep apnea, all of those kind of oh, things, yeah. those are all bedchamber issues uh, that would need to be addressed. Uh, she also addresses... Uh, uh, sleep positions, whether you should slant the bed or lay flat. 
Um, what makes uh, uh, a mattress a good mattress to sleep on? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I'm not covering all of those today. We don't have yeah. enough time to do that. Right. But there's a lot of information here. Go to the blog portion of the website under, under resources. the resources. Right. Under resources, go to the blogs, and you can read this whole thing. The second uh, area that she puts is a, a sleep pattern. How long should you sleep? Uh, according to her article, uh, Edison was act- when he got the light bulb. It actually what influenced us to start trying to sleep eight hours a night. Hmm. Uh, so before that, most people believed in a segmented or diphasic. Uh, sleep, sleep for about four hours, be up for a little while, do some reading. Uh, uh, so people who say, I get up in the middle of the night and it takes me a while to go back to sleep, she says historically that's one of the reasons for it. Mm. Most, The way most of the people in the centuries, uh, all the way from the Europeans in the 19th century to uh, uh, Indians, most of them have a waking period in the middle of the night. Huh. The French used to call it the first sleep and the second sleep, about four hours, a little bit of a break of 10 to 30 minutes or so, and then back to sleep for another four hours. Okay. Um, I'm not going to argue that one way or the other. Yeah. I like to get as much sleep as I can. Yeah, me too. And then the third sleep, uh, the third area we could spend, we've got about a, a minute left, and I'm going to hit some that I think are particularly funny. But she's got an entire page, almost a page and a, and a portion beyond that, of old-time remedies uh, for sleeping. They've got the obvious things like uh, don't eat cheese because of what it does to the uh, digestive system, uh, wear socks to bed because it causes better circulation in the rest of the body to help you to sleep. Um, a bath before bed can also help you to wind down physically. You addressed that with, uh, I think, Kim a couple of weeks ago right. about whether to shower or not. Some people shower or bathe before bed, some don't. Mm-hmm. But there's some really funny ones here that I wanted to hit just real, real quickly. Fried lettuce was used by the French to consume before bedtime. Um, A medieval European one drink uh, uh, of a potion that contained bile salts uh, an hour before bedtime. We don't do that anymore. I could go on and on. There's a whole page worth of them. Look on the the blog. This is a fun article for you to read about uh, what historically has been done to address getting sleep. The primary thing, again, is... You need the sleep. Your health needs the sleep. Your body needs the sleep. Do whatever it takes to get a good night's sleep. And on that note, that concludes our this podcast and also our series on sleep. And once again, you can find the podcasts and the blogs that go with them under the resources tab at thehealthpatch.com. And so until next month, sleep well. Amen. Amen.